the observance of Passover begins in a few days. Commemorating the story of the liberation of the Israelites from their bondage in Egypt. When they left Egypt, when Moses' recurring plea to let my people go was finally granted by Pharaoh, the book of Exodus says that the Israelites took their dough before it was leavened with their kneading bowls wrapped up in their cloaks on their shoulders. It was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. What a moment. There must have been, of course, the great joy of freedom, the excitement that came with walking out of bondage and walking into, well, that was the question, walking into what? Where were they going? To the promised land, yes, but that was more of a concept than a destination at the time. They were walking into the unknown. There must have been joy, of course, at their newfound freedom, and there must have been fear, too, anxiety. Where will we go? Let my people go, said Moses, and Pharaoh finally says, yes, go, go, now. Pack nothing, writes Allah René Bozarth. Bring only your determination to serve your willingness to breathe. Don't wait for the bread to rise. Take nourishment for the journey, but eat standing, ready to move at a moment's notice. The story of Passover is a journey, writes Lemony Snicket in the New American Haggadah. And further, it is a journey with connections to our lives. It is a journey to which we can and should relate. This is a pretty familiar metaphor for Unitarian Universalists. Both individually and communally, we often talk about our lives and experiences as journeys. I am interested in exploring the journey and especially today in thinking about how we pack for the journey. What do we bring? With the stay at home, order in effect many of us are suddenly faced with all that we have been carrying on the journey thus far with the time to go through the dark recesses of cupboards and closets bins and boxes desks and chests looking through folders and photographs and mementos of every kind we are rediscovering things that may be deeply meaningful to who we were and are and wish to be and running across other things that may simply inspire a quizzical, huh? Why in heck did I keep this? In the words of Howard Thurman, we may rediscover things in our metaphorical baggage that speak to what is genuine in ourselves. And we may unearth other things that we simply carried because we may have thought that others thought that we should think that these were things that we should carry. But it can be a revelatory experience either way. Though I have every intention of starting tomorrow, I must admit I'm in the task of going through all the stuff that I know I need to go through, separating the wheat from the chaff and imagining the chaff pile will be a whole lot higher than the wheat 
and I will be asking myself why I've been carrying this stuff for all these years. And there is another part of me that hesitates just a bit at uncovering the we. In other words, those things from my past that were and maybe are meaningful, but have been forgotten and dismissed for so long that they may now, well, provide an alternate portrait to the picture I have created of myself in the present time. Challenge that can so easily settle over my life, leading me to press pause and would call the most important time my life. Listen for the sound of the genuine in myself. For that is the only true guide that you will ever have, he said to those students. And if you don't have that, you don't have a thing. If you don't have that, you don't have a thing, no matter how much stuff you have, and no matter if it is the right stuff or the wrong stuff, and no matter if you've gotten rid of all your stuff, don't be deceived and thrown off by all the noises that are a part even of your dreams, your ambitions, so that you don't hear the sound of the genuine. And whether I find stuff that is of value to me or not, the question remains, what did I pack for this journey? In the midst of cleaning my closet, is this also a time that I can clean out and organize what I am? Inside, rediscover and the dark memory with its closets full of clothes that I thought would fit the person I thought I wanted to be or that I thought that others thought I should want to be. Now that I am willingly made to stop so many of the activities that have filled my days, can I see the day stretching ahead of me not as forced confinement but as a retreat of sorts? a chance to listen for the sound of the genuine, to reacquaint myself with myself, an opportunity to clean the inner closet, yes, but not so I can cross it off. But because something is of worth. These bizarre and scary circumstances we find ourselves in may be an opportunity. Because most often, I tell myself, I don't have time for that. And I'm a minister, for goodness sake. But we tell ourselves that, right? I'll do that internal work when I have more time. And like the beautiful tiger, we stay in our cages, bemoaning our lives. I wonder what would happen if we followed Lemony Snicket's advice to look upon ourselves as though we, too, were among those fleeing a life of bondage in Egypt, clearly the picture of life as a journey. And that concept of life as a journey, which can sometimes feel a little shallow or overdone, it takes on a new depth for me in light of this question, how am I packing what do I choose to carry? Because the truth is that I can become very attached to stuff, not only the stuff stuff, the things, but also the stuff inside of me. What am I carrying each day? Well, it seems somehow wrong not to carry this worry, 
especially these days, this worry about people I love in the whole damned world. And I often call this worry concern, which may sound better, but I found it weighs the same. And it seems somehow irresponsible not to be angry all the time because God knows there is enough to be angry about and enough people to be angry at. And it would be unjust, wouldn't it, not to feel this outrage at how other people are being treated or frustration about the state of this whole whacked out world. And I know it's about me too, and it's only right that I carry regret about things I've done and things I've left undone, and to feel inadequate and irresponsible when I don't do all that is crying out to be done. And I have to think about what I might unpack. But may find that each item strikes me as so obviously needed that I don't dare remove it until I try to carry it all. There are days it won't budge. There are many more days when I may find a way to carry it, but I can only do so hunching in a remotely upright position, as Cheryl Strayed said in Wild. And the question becomes, what do I choose to carry? What can be let go? What can I set down? Do I wish to carry out the rest of this journey straining under the weight of a barely manageable burden, or can I find a way to travel light? A few years ago, a member of this congregation, Nancy Norwood, shared with me a piece of her Buddhist practice that has been helpful to her, especially as she faces this time in her life. It is called the Five Remembrances, and she calls these to mind each day and has done so for years. I will grow old. I will become ill. I will die. I will lose all that is loved and important to me. My actions and my speech are my only possessions. And this next line is Nancy's edition, a beautiful summation of these time that I have. I will grow old. I will become ill. I will die. I will lose all that is loved and important to me. My actions and my speech are my only possessions. Now is the only time that I have. That is what I call traveling light. These are somber truths, but they are also profoundly liberating. These seem like heavy things to carry, but they are light compared to all the baggage that they render unnecessary. Lemony Snicket writes that we are all on a journey, not unlike those ancient Israelites, which is why we are often so tired in the evenings and cannot always explain how we got to be exactly where we are. Strikes me that it is not a bad question when I find myself tired in the evenings to ask myself what I have been carrying on the journey and to ask myself each morning what I will choose to carry that day. When the storm of this virus passes, I may find that I have set things down 
that I don't need to pick up again. There will be things I choose not to carry any longer. In the stillness that was imposed for the good of the whole, I may have developed an ear for the sound of the genuine in myself. And having learned to listen to that, I can become quiet enough, still enough, to hear the sound of the genuine in you.